Oh, the answers, the marvel of the absolutes, the beauty of a single eye fixed upon Jesus Christ, the glory of a soul set free. The book of Job speaks of the mind of God in chapter 23, verse 13, but he is in one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that he doeth. The crystal clarity of the sanctified mind is most literally not of this world. You won't get it here on terra firma. This world is filled with confusion and non-answers. The solution to its psychological, spiritual disorders is only found in heavenly places. It is not of this world. Dear visitor, have you yet to be born again as Jesus directs in John 3, 3? Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This, my friend, is where the single lie begins. Jesus says in Luke eleven thirty four through 36, The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. In just a few moments, I will invite you to follow me in a simple prompt. If you do, you will be born again, literally born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God. All of your sins and shame will be washed away by Christ's cleansing blood, and God will remember them no more. The door of Holy Ghost deliverance will open wide, and you will walk away from all of Satan's bondages. Today you will become brand new, a new creature, free and clean. Today the single eye begins. Here is the simple prompt I promised. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said, Psalms 33, verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. God said, Romans 10, 10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God said, Proverbs 18, 20, and 21, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Man said, Old, archaic, man-written words. The Bible is bunk. Everybody knows that. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1147, that will once again certify the full supernatural inerrancy of God's holy word. All 1147 of these faith-building features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the edification of the saints and as bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for your visit today. May God's face shine upon you with light and truth. When I know how it works, I can function successfully according to the rules of the system. 
John 1, 1 declares, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was the Word. There was no earth, no sun, no moon or stars, and no life forms. All that was there was the Word. Out of that which is invisible, God created that which is visible with His spoken Word. In Genesis 1, the creation chapter comprised of 31 short verses. God speaks into existence various things, names each, and puts life into motion 16 times, and he accomplished it all with words. Psalms 33, 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. Your hands, your feet, your lips, your brain, the earth, its universe, and all the life forms within it are a product totally and completely of God's words of intent. All with which we have to do is a product of words. Example, a potter envisions a new water pitcher he wants to make that he hopes will sell well among his clientele. The procedure begins like so. Number one. A vision occurs in the potter's mind of his new product. At this point, we have thoughts, silent words. Number two, the potter converts his word thoughts into a word picture with dimensions and artistic enhancements. Number three, he then takes a lump of clay, a substance God spoke into existence on day one of creation, and places it on the potter's wheel, a wheel whose components are all a product of words themselves. Number four, finally the potter takes his word-made hands and forms the water pitcher he originally envisioned. The pitcher is made of words. Remember, in the beginning was the word. There was no earth, no sun, no moon or stars, no life forms of any kind, just the word. A cardinal law of science called the first law of thermodynamics, also known as the law of conservation, it states that energy and matter cannot be created. The original overall quantity will remain constant. You cannot add to or subtract from what you have. This principle is clearly declared in God's word 3,000 years ago in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 14. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it that men should fear before him. Of course, the children of faith have known it all the while. Science now knows that energy, which is made up of photons from the sun, creates matter, even all physical things. As a result of new understanding and uh, the disciplines of quantum physics and quantum consciousness, some scientists now theorize that it will soon be proven that words of intent, as in knowledge and understanding, create energy. Notice that when they have established this principle, they will have come to the conclusion that everything is a product of words. And who has been saying as much for thousands of years? Of course, the children of faith have known it all the while. Many will be shocked to discover that God's words of intent do precede light, and that light is the energy source of all life. Consider these passages. Genesis 1, verse 3, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. 
Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms 119, 130. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. John 1, 1 tells us God is the word. 1 John 1, 5 tells us that God is light. And of course, they are fully interchangeable. Science is once again knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Everything is made of words. Even our DNA is a four-letter alphabet arranged into words and sentences, paragraphs and chapters, even books and volumes. Dr. Grant Jeffrey weighs in on DNA in his book, Creation. However, to record the genetic instructions encoded in human DNA, we would need more than five billion letters that would require up to 3,000 volumes to print out. This enormous amount of information would fill a library shelf over 100 yards long. Yet it is intricately encoded in a tiny double helix circled up in a microscopic cell. This degree of microengineering is so far beyond the ability of humans that it fills the mind with wonder at the work of the Creator. End of quote. It is entirely a word issue. Let there not be a smidgen of doubt in the literal reality and authority of Proverbs 18.21, a passage written 3,000 years ago, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Consider the parallel beauty in the first act of salvation, requiring that we confess with our mouths, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The first godlike act of a child of God is to speak oneself into existence. It is a word issue. When the child of God enters their father's invisible kingdom, they discover a totally new language. New words are spoken, words of faith, love, and obedience. God's words are even fitted to our lips. Proverbs twenty-two seventeen and 18, Bow down thine ear, and hear the words of the wise, and applying thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing, if thou keep them within thee, they shall withal be fitted in thy lips. The very first commandment Jesus gives the church just prior to his ascension into heaven is to go and tarry in Jerusalem until they receive power from on high. The obedient waited for ten days, and on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came down and filled all that were in the upper room. They all began to speak in other tongues, an event recorded in Acts 2, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God harnessed the tongues of his children. If you have yet to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, as they were on the day of Pentecost, 
please visit the Holy Ghost series. Your questions will be answered and biblical instructions given. During feature five, expect to receive your miracle. It is imperative that you do not skip ahead. The absolute primacy of words and harnessing their power is what this feature is all about. Mental mental disorders of all forms are waxing worse and worse, and it will only continue to worsen. Deep depression will only continue to deepen. In the February 11, 2023 issue of Science News, the feature No Simple Answers, subhead, Why Has Depression Eluded Scientific Explanation, laments the fog the field of psychology deals in. One quip reports, The hard truth is that despite decades of sophisticated research, we still don't understand what depression is. There are no clear descriptions of it and no obvious signs of it in the brain or blood. End of quote. The same article reported, according to data from 2020, an estimated 21 million adults in the United States have had a major depressive episode in the last year, putting the overall prevalence at 8.4 percent. End of quote. That's a lot of depression. But don't despair. Help is on the way. And you should expect it's word therapy, Holy Ghost word therapy. In the God Said, Man Said feature empowering words, you'll find the following. The power and effect of words is all-encompassing. The following paragraph is from Science News, March 14, 2009. Think positive. People who attended a few sessions on how to focus on positive words or images had at least four months of freedom from anxiety disorders, end of quote. An estimated 6.8 million Americans suffer with generalized anxiety disorders, which involves constant exaggerated worries about impending disasters regarding health, money, or other issues. According to Science News, about 15 million have been diagnosed with social anxiety disorder. This disorder is characterized by a debilitating dread of everyday social situations and a fear of being watched and judged by others. The following paragraph found on sciencenews.org under the header, Don't Worry, Get Attention Training, demonstrates that word and image therapy are at least as effective as psychotherapy and drugs, and it reads, In these studies, both published in the February Journal of Abnormal Psychology, attention training alleviated anxiety disorders just as effectively as cognitive behavioral psychotherapy and anti-anxiety medication had in earlier investigations. Yet attention training requires minimal professional supervision, causes no side effects, and should be and can be, excuse me, completed over the internet. Science has now arrived at the conclusion that words are consequential and a whole lot more consequential than could ever be imagined. In the Word of God, you'll find a host of passages similar to the following. God said, Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. God said, Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Every thought must be brought into alignment with Jesus Christ. 
when thoughts are brought into subjection to God's Word. Abundant and dynamic life is the product, even to where God describes it like unto the days of heaven upon the earth. Deuteronomy 11.21 Once an individual enters the miracle of the new birth, God gives power to transform the mind's thoughts. This process is akin to a blood transfusion. We replace the bad carnal thoughts with God's thoughts. The procedure is called the renewing of the mind, putting on the mind of Christ, end of quotes. The headline of the January 28, 2023 issue of Science News reads, Social Scientists Rethink Flourishing. Several paragraphs follow. Languishing. The term captured the zeitgeist in 2021 when organizational psychologist Adam Grant of the University of Pennsylvania penned an article in the New York Times titled, There's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. Languishing, Grant wrote, is the neglected middle child of mental health. It's the void between depression and flourishing, the absence of well-being. The idea struck a chord, and Grant's ode to languishing went on to become the Times' most read article of the year. Even I, generally suspicious of fads, felt the idea's lore. Yes, I thought that explains a lot. But I began to question my own reaction after stumbling across several articles on flourishing and the December SSM mental health, all part of a series spearheaded by medical anthropologist Sarah Whelan. The study of how and why people flourish anchors the field of positive psychology and includes related areas of research into happiness, well-being, and resilience. In this research, flourishing refers to an optimal state of mental well-being where one is happy, satisfied with life, and has a sense of purpose. Positive psychology is a relatively young field. In the late 1990s, when psychologist Martin Seligman of the University of Pennsylvania took over as president of the American Psychological Association. He sought to switch psychology's traditional focus on mental illness to mental well-being. Since then, positive psychology has emerged as a leading paradigm for research into mental health. The field has garnered enormous public and private investments. The Templeton Foundation, for example, partially funds the Global Flourishing Study, a $43.4 million initiative at Harvard University that will look at flourishing across time among roughly 240,000 participants from 22 countries. Meanwhile, the study of flourishing has moved beyond psychology. The concept shows up frequently in research on preventative medicine and physical health and in K-12 schools through what's known as positive education, where the idea goes, positive schools and positive teachers who transmit optimism, trust, and hopeful sense of the future are the fulcrum for producing more well-being in a culture, Seligman wrote in a 2018 report. Positive psychologists tend to define someone as flourishing if they report having generally positive relationships and emotions, meaning and purpose in their life, self-acceptance on and, ha- and high self-esteem and deep engagement in their life's activities, end of quotes. In this feature, we will harness the supernatural creation words of God. In the feature just quoted, social scientists rethink flourishing, we read of three psychological terms, depression, languishing, and flourishing. Languishing was defined in the article as the blah you're feeling. 
The article reported that languishing is the neglected middle child of mental health, and further, it called it the void between depression and flourishing, the absence of well-being. On the flip side, the associated psychological term flourishing is considered the optimal state of mental well-being where one is happy, satisfied with life, and has a sense of purpose. The Oxford Dictionary defines flourish, the blossom or mass of flowers on a fruit tree, to blossom, thrive, prosperous, conspicuous, eminent. As you should expect, flourishing is a biblical term as well, and it is a promise to the children of God. Speaking of Jesus and what has and is to come, Psalm 72 verse 7 reads, In his days shall the righteous flourish, and abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. Psalms ninety two twelve through 14 The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall sing, bring, they shall, excuse me, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Proverbs fourteen eleven. The house of the wicked shall be overthrown, but the tabernacle of the upright shall flourish. Notice the 180-degree principle in the last verse, the opposites. The wicked are overthrown, but the upright flourish. The children of the promise always blossom and bear fruit, even and especially in their darkest moments. Flourishing is a hallmark of the soul set free of the born again. Using the holy word of God, which contains his mind, we will also also harness the power of the godlike brain between our ears. You and I need to consider how big of a deal that really is. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature. Wisdom, knowledge, words create matter absolutely shocking but true. Evolution's doctrine of the survival of the fittest and that time, chance, and need makes all things possible will once again be knocked on its ear. The September 2017 edition of Acts and Facts published a feature by Dr. J.P. Tompkins titled, The Human Brain is Beyond Belief. The subhead reads, We found a world that we had never imagined. There are tens of millions of these objects, even in a small speck of the brain, up through seven dimensions. In some networks, we have sound structures with up to 11 dimensions. Paragraphs from that feature follow. In 2010, a group of Stanford University scientists published a new visualization technique based on targeting individual proteins involved in transmitting electrical brain signals. This technology allowed for previously unknown levels of multidimensional assessment of synapses, complexity, and diversity. Researchers discovered that a single synapse is like a computer's microprocessor containing both memory, storage, and information processing features. The previous oversimplified belief was that synapses acted like a basic on-off switch, but nothing could be further from the truth since the brain acts more like a quantum computer than a digital computer. Just one synapse alone can contain about 1,000 molecular-scale microprocessor units acting in a quantum computing environment. An average healthy human brain contains some 200 billion nerve cells connected to one another through hundreds of trillions of synapses. To put this in perspective, 
One of the researchers revealed that the study's results showed a single human brain has more information processing units than all the computers, routers, and Internet connections on Earth. Yet another recent discovery revealed incredible levels of memory storage in the human brain. Terry Sejnowski, a leading scientist in the research paper, stated, this is a real bombshell in the field of neuroscience. Dr. Sednowski, perhaps also unwittingly, framed the results using a design-based thinking when he explained, we discovered the key to unlocking the design principle for how hypocampal neurons function with low energy but high computation power. Our new measurements of the brain's memory capacity increased conservative estimates by a factor of 10 to at least a petabyte in the small bar park as the World Wide Web. It is overwhelmingly clear that evolution as a theory has failed to explain the complexity of the brain. It's entirely unsupportable that this organ, containing spectacular levels of processing capacity, efficiency, memory storage capabilities, up to 11 dimensions of structure for a single information process, and dual electrical photonic communication could have evolved by sheer chance. The brightest human engineers cannot come up with anything even close to this level of ingenuity, end quote. Our brains have been designed to thrive on the creation words of God. There is a solution to this global mental dilemma, and it is word therapy. Of course, this word therapy is unlike anything the carnal world can manufacture. It is Holy Ghost word therapy, and that creates flourishing. It all begins at the place Jesus Christ calls born again. Born again means exactly what it says. Born a second time. You were born first as a son or daughter of Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. When you are born the second time, this time of the Spirit of God, you are born as the son or daughter of God. At born again, a total and complete transformation process begins. How marvelous is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Everything changes at born again. Your heart, your soul, your mind, everything. Consider Romans 12.2. And be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Everything is transformed by the renewing of the mind process, even the physical shape of the brain, a process known to neuroscience as neuroplasticity. Kiss depression goodbye, along with your personal epigenetic fears of inheritance. At Born Again, we get a new father, a brand new life, a new heart, a new mind, a beautiful saved soul, the indwelling of the Holy Ghost, a new joy and peace, a new eternal purpose, and a book full of promises. Now, that's just a short list. Hallelujah, man. This is big, really big. Born again wipes the plate clean, and everything begins anew. This is the solution to all that ails us. The word therapy, the blood-bought employee, is a glorious living person. 
Revelation 19, 13 speaks of Christ and says, and his name is called the Word of God. It is entirely a word issue. This feature will employ word therapy of colossal and miraculous proportions. Several times over the years, God said, man said, has published what we call the power speaking page. We will present a short list of magnificent promises that God makes to his children. And as we speak these promises out loud, mixing the word of God with our baby faith, big realities will be set in motion. Unlike positive psychology, these declarations will be backed by the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and the Heavenly Host. This is serious business. I will read a promise. If you are able, follow me out loud. Get ready for Holy Ghost, shock and awe. Remember, speak out loud. I have repented of my sins and surrendered my life to my Lord Jesus Christ. I am born again. I am a new creature. I am a child of God. I am baptized with the Holy Ghost. My steps are ordered by the Lord. I have been and am being transformed by the renewing of my mind. I can speak with new tongues. The angel of the Lord encamps about me to protect me. I can cast out devils. I am a king and a priest in Christ Jesus. I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I am a saint. All things work together for my good. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And everything give thanks. I am able to go up and take the country. I can bind and loose on earth. And it shall be bound and loosed in heaven. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who loves me. God always causes me to triumph in Christ. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. By the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I have power with God. I love everybody. Today is the best day of my life. Tomorrow will be better. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. I do not fear their fear. Everything I put my hands to shall prosper. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Take this power speaking page and tape it to your bathroom mirror. Speak it every morning for 30 days and then keep it fresh by speaking it once a week thereafter. Changes will occur immediately and will endure. When I know how it works, I can function successfully. The supernatural primacy of God's words is how it works. Start talking. Psalms 107.2, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. God said, Psalms 33, verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. 
God said, Romans 10.10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God said, Proverbs 18.20 and 21, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Man said, Old, archaic, man-written words. The Bible is bunk. Everybody knows that. Now you have the record. 